this is Norman Kissinger coming to you from Redeeming the Time Brothers Ministry and Podcasts, and uh, I'm going to talk today for a few minutes about uh, the subject of the priesthood of the believer. Uh, last, oh, I think uh, at the beginning of COVID or last year, maybe if it's even about a year ago, I started this series here and started it on video, but I decided to move it over to audio so it could be listened to on the road and in a lot of different uh lot of different context and uh, so I'm going to kind of do a little bit of review of some of the stuff that I said on those first two videos and the first two videos would be an excellent review you'll find them on our uh, on our online site and um, at Redeeming the Time Brothers Ministries and you'll uh, be able to kind of get an overview of what I was talking about so I won't go into detail about everything that I said on those first couple of videos but simply say that um, as we come near the end times, and I believe very much that we are in the end times, that we have a responsibility uh, to be ministering as effectively as we can. And I very much believe that ministry, the way it has been in the United States at least, will not even look recognizable in the next couple of years. That was already happening last year, but before COVID and before all the political upheaval that has gone on, it certainly has even become even more true. So we have to find the most effective way to minister the gospel to people and, and minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this concept was something that uh, I heard in the past um, a couple of times, but I haven't really heard a lot of preachers talk about the uh, the priesthood of the believer, and uh, there's a lot of different reasons why that was true. I went into that other, uh, the, the, uh, on those videos we talked about why the priesthood of the believer was something that uh, was not very um, uh, popular, I think, among pastors, and uh, there's several things and several reasons that it's not approached. Uh, first of all, uh, I would agree that if you go into the scriptures and when you talk about the priesthood of the believer, um, there's just a few passages uh, near the end of the New Testament that talk about it as a concept, but it is one of the roles that we do play. And so we could say that one of the reasons that maybe that is not stressed is that it's simply not one of the main um, illustrations of what the Christian life looks like. Uh, we're called sons throughout the scripture. I won't go to those scriptures, but you could look those up and find many passages that talk about that. So we're the role of a son with a father in the kingdom of God. Uh, we um, are in the role of soldier. We're in the role of, of, of farmer or planter, a fisherman. There's a lot of different um, roles that, uh, in different illustrations of the Christian life that you can find in the New Testament. And it isn't until kind of the end of the New Testament that you really see the idea of the priesthood of the believer. Now, the priesthood of Christ, of course, is something that's developed throughout the whole New Testament and alluded to in the Old Testament, but the priesthood of the believer is something that um, you just do not see uh, as, um, as, as a kind of a common theme. Now, the reason that I think it's important is because I believe that the church is going to be placed in a situation where individual Christians are going to have to often minister on their own without a lot of large church structure. In the past, even when I grew up, 
back in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the church was still very strong in America, and uh, the church institution had lots of power, had lots of influence, and we roll ahead the clock now, uh, some 50 years, and that is just simply not the case as much anymore. In fact, Christianity went from being revered uh, and respected back in the 70s uh, to the place now where literally Christians are hated and there's uh, already open persecution happening to the individual Christians. So the church in America is going to have to function a whole lot more like it has in other countries. And I said that on those two opening and beginning videos on the series here. We're going to have to be like the persecuted church uh, overseas and how they functioned. Um, we're going to have to be like the early church and how it functioned, where, where the outside structure is not as important as the uh, uh, strength of the individual Christian. Now that's not to say that we're not to meet together. Uh, all Christians should meet together on a regular basis. Uh, it was Jesus's habit, it said, uh, to go into the synagogue uh, once a week. Uh, it was said of the early Christians that they met every day. So uh, we can use that as a standard that uh, at least on a weekly basis we're, we are to be gathering with other believers uh, as we have the opportunity to do so. And I'm not also saying that there should not be corporate um, ministry going on in the church. But the church has done a pretty good job of doing uh, corporate ministry. They have, churches have their um, different ministries, both local and overseas. And, and uh, I don't know a church that doesn't have many ministries going on that they're involved in their, in their communities. We often get complaints that the church does not do that, but the reality is, is that I don't know a church that doesn't have ministries going on, uh, and uh, in all different denominations. So um, we have an opportunity to we we need to uh, kind of move into this idea that I think that unless severe and a very powerful revival happens in the United States, that the Church of America is going to look drastically different than it ever has in the past. It's going to look more like the persecuted church. It's going to look like the church over, or the church in the uh, New, New Testament days. And so my idea of looking at the concept of the believer is simply looking at what makes a powerful, strong, ministering Christian. In fact, you could take the idea of using the word priesthood and simply add to it the idea of um, good Christian. Okay, priesthood equals good Christian. Uh, that if I'm doing my job as a Christian, I am ministering into the life of other people. Somebody said, you've got to minister in the church, and others have said, well, we actually have everybody in the church should be a minister. So uh, a minister of the gospel in whatever ways we would be doing that. So the priesthood of a believer is just an illustration of how our relationship with God looks, but also as Christians, but also it's an illustration of how the God has already set up the New Testament and, and how he set up his church universal in order to function according to certain principles, such as spiritual gifts and in other ways. And I believe that the church works most effectively when it is functioning in those ways. So we begin this series, like I said, and um, I'm backtracking just because it's been so long. But we're going to be looking at several different themes as we go through this. Number one, the priesthood of the believer. Um, we're going to talk about the clothing of the believer priest, the sacrifices of the believer priest, the orders of priesthood. I believe that even in, in uh, the church 
Uh, even in the Christian church itself, there are certain orders or spiritual gifts that tend to look at uh, the spiritual faith in a certain way. Spiritual warfare is a, and we'll kind of do as the last one. Now, this is going to be a long series, and uh, so it'll take us a while. But I'm going to use as my text and my main text for the entire series, no matter how long it takes here. We found in First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse, we're going to start reading verse 4. And then uh, we'll read down to verse 6. It says, Coming to him, that's Jesus, as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... It is also continued in the scripture. I lay in Zion the chief cornerstone, elect precious, uh, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. So in this passage here, it mentions the idea of the holy priesthood. Now, in the passage, that wasn't talking about Jesus, even though he is our high priest. That was talking about us as believers, that we are a spiritual house. We are living stones, that we are a holy priesthood to offer up what? Sacrifices. It says spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are given the commission of a priesthood right here in this passage uh, that we are to carry out. And so we'll be using this passage to talk even more about the priesthood of the believer as we go along and uh, to hopefully equip uh, the uh, church today in these changing times with what they need so that they can feel confident about um, ministering to other people. And I think this will actually help you feel more confident about ministering. That if you understood your role and you understand your spiritual gifts, you understand how those things operate, then you can begin to see how that you can use your gifts and ministry is not a burden. If I'm working and using the spiritual gifts God's given me and I'm working the calling that he has given me, then I'm not burdened like somebody who's doing something they're just not really called to do. And I believe many believers are making often two mistakes. One is, is they're just simply not ministering at all. And the other mistake is, is they simply don't understand the role and they are ministering in ways that, uh, that they feel uncomfortable with. And God has given us a, a way to be very comfortable with ministry and uh, to minister within the uh, within our gifts and do it effectively. So pray for me as I go through this and uh, pray for me as far as study and, and time to go through it. And uh, God bless you all. And be sure to listen to Gene's podcast and his videos online on Facebook. He does a great job. He's a great minister of the gospel. I love him. He's always been my friend and my counselor. And uh, and uh, you'll just learn a lot from him as you listen to him and just feed daily on the word through his devotions. God bless you all. We'll, uh, we'll continue this in, um, in future podcasts. You just have a, a great evening and may God bless you. Thank you.